Welcome to the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. A southern storm of bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your host for the show, Brian Jones. Dedicate one to the ladies. Summertime said, babe, need something to keep you cool. I'm now summertime, said, babe, need something to keep you cool. Better look out now, though. Dave's got something for you. Tell you what it is. I'm your ice cream man. Stop me when I'm passing by. Oh, my, my, I'm your ice cream man. Stop me when I'm passing by. Sing now all my flavors are guaranteed to satisfy. Hold on a second, baby. I got put my banana Dixie cups. All flavors and push-ups too. I'm your ice cream man, baby. Stop me when I'm passing by. See now all my flavors are guaranteed to satisfy. Hold on one more. Well, I'm usually passing by just about 11 o'clock. <laughs> I never stop. I'm usually passing by just around 11 o'clock. And if you let me cool you one time, you'll be my regular style. All right, boys. I'm going to put my banana Dixie cups. Oh, flavors and push up to under ice cream, man. Stop me with a fancy vibe. See, now all my flavors are guaranteed to satisfy. Yes. I'm your ice cream, man. Stop me with a fancy episode of the all things blues and southern rock podcast of course you heard us just play ice cream man by van halen which is an old blues song fitting for the show and that's our little tribute uh to eddie van halen and how influential he was to so many guitarists he certainly was for me and my older brother growing up you know he was playing van halen licks all the time and 
we had Van Halen posters all over the place in our walls. So it's just really sad that he passed and he was such an influence to so many people. So we just wanted to do that. Um, as always, we thank everybody for their participation on the Facebook page and uh, for all the downloads and listening to the podcast. We really appreciate that a lot. Um, so today with me, I have a guest co-host, uh, Lissa Culbertson from Alabama. So uh, hello, Lissa, and welcome. And why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Well, hi there. Thank you for having me on today. Um, I write for a music review based out of um, Kentucky. It's called Hillbilly Hippie Music Review. And through that, I review records, um, single releases. I've been traveling and writing reviews on shows, um, one of which over the summer actually wrote a review on the first weekend back to music after the pandemic on Them Dirty Roses, actually. Um, it was the first set of shows we had. But, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Um, I also am a booking agent for an artist. I work with River Talent Agency. Um, and I'm also a songwriter myself. So, I do a little bit of everything and um, wear a lot of hats these days. So, Right on, Lissa. That and I like like we were messaging back and forth. Like I really appreciate what you do for the artists, you know, especially when you emphasized artists that are lesser known to get them some attention, and you're booking people. And and as we go in the forward into the future, I'd love to hear about you know some of those artists, and maybe you could talk to someone at some point. But uh, what I'm really excited about is that you were at Throttle Fest, and I was really hoping to get a guest co-host that was there. So. Um, were you there mainly to see them Dirty Roses, and and also, uh, did were you aware of the other bands, and uh, who did you like? You know, what, who did you like, and just what was the day like? What was you know all the people like? Well, actually, um, everybody that played, I know I have friendships with uh, several of them, or just you know acquaintances with several of the bands that played. So it was a really exciting day for me because I got to see all my friends or all these people I know on stage in an actual live music event. What I mean by that is we weren't sitting at tables. Um, you know, everybody still had to follow uh, COVID protocol and such, but we could actually stand up and sing and dance and things we haven't done in months. Um, so that was really exciting, but yes. Um, it the day featured um, Brandon Martin, who is a artist from Kentucky that I've um, we we do live stream shows on Hillbilly Hippie, so we book these artists to do live stream shows for us. That's what we did a lot during uh, the pandemic, and so he's done that for us. And then Kirsty Lovelady was up next, um, and then Ben Lewis, uh, formerly of Bishop Gun, took the stage. And then it was Taylor Honeycutt um, with her band and her boyfriend, Josh McKenzie. And then, I'm trying to remember the order. <laughs> and then after Taylor, uh, Jive Mother Mary took the stage. And that was my first time getting to see them. And so I was super excited about that. They're releasing a record coming up that they've been recording with uh, Jay Took 
formerly of the Steelwoods, if you're familiar with them. Um, they've been recording it with him at his studio in Nashville. Um, but So it's going to be great. But after they took the stage, Magnolia Bayou came on. And, you know, they just released their record. Mm -hmm. And it was phenomenal. So that was great being able to see every song performed live and Andrew the um, Andrew Fulton the lead singer of that band is he's just I'm at a loss for words for how his stage presence is it's just amazing it captivates you and you're into everything they're doing um, and then after they played then Dirty Roses took the stage as the headliner and it was a phenomenal event all day long um, I'm good friends with Shane Bickle, the man who books for Sidetracks Music Hall, where it was located. And this is something he's been trying to put into motion for several months now. And it was originally supposed to be back in August, but COVID um, got that postponed. So he had just, you know, all the credit goes to him. He'd worked so hard getting this together, and it turned out to just be a fabulous day of music and I I don't have anybody I didn't like because they're all so great and talented in their in similar and different ways so it just the energy in the room was electric everybody was happy to be back on stage playing fully electric shows and all the fans in attendance were just more than happy to be there so it was really a great night you know, and I'm very envious of not being able to be there. I'm really hoping once we get on the other side of all this COVID stuff, like if they're going to have that every year, I definitely, definitely want to, you know, make that little vacay down there. I'm up in North Dakota. Um, yeah. But uh, I'd, uh, uh, I'd gotten to talk to, I had Drew, Andrew, he goes by Drew Fulton. Um, I had him on the fourth episode um, mm -hmm. of the podcast and then, I was very grateful and fortunate again to have all those guys on the last podcast as their uh, preview for Strange Place. And, yeah. you know, I just, uh, they've been so welcoming to me, like to be part of the promotion and, and you know, and, and promoting the podcast and mm -hmm. been happy to have me help promote them. And I get to chat with those guys and that's really a lot of fun. I had a uh, um, couple episodes later, I did have Ben uh, on the podcast and he's the first one I talked to last week. And then I got to talk to uh, Mason from Jive Mother Mary. I'd been trying to get uh, get him on for quite a while. But uh, I really had a blast talking to uh, Andrew and, and uh, Frank from Them Dirty Roses. It was hilarious. I'm just like rolling on the floor. And, and like I just I told these guys, it's like, I feel like I've known you my whole life. Like it was just like, let's, I wish I could keep going and keep going and talking to these guys. And, and so they're kind of like, I kind of looking at them as the feature of this episode because they're from that area, you know, and I kind of, I'd been aware of them and I'd heard stuff and it was okay. And then all of a sudden after last week, like I am like obsessed, like I am a them dirty yeah. rose, them dirty roses fan, like just excited. They said that, you know, I know they got other music they've been working on and I can't wait for that to come out. I'm just like, you guys are awesome. You guys are really awesome. And, and, um, uh, and it's good to learn about that Jive Mother Mary is, you know, their producer is, you said their producer is from the Steelwoods, Jay Took? Yes. That's who they're working on with the next yeah. record. That's very, very awesome. Very and awesome. And he's a, 
He's a phenomenal, I keep using that word, but it's just the best word to use. He's a phenomenal producer. He's mm-hmm. the one of the best at what he does. So yeah, it's going to be great. Um, but yeah, Them Dirty Roses, I, I can imagine you were rolling on the floor with Andrew and Frank because I say this lovingly, but they're a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> They're all it's, just so much fun. Yeah, it's so fun because because uh, I talk. I was talking to them. I don't know. It was like five thirty or six, and they're not going on until like much later. I'm like, you guys to make it on stage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then they were joking about uh, knowing there's a band out of Columbia, Missouri called the Comancheros, and they were talking uh, about playing some shows with those guys. And it's like, okay, who parties harder there? <laughs> you know. I'm uh, gonna keep my mouth shut on that one. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, yeah, well, I we had uh, we had Tanner on uh, episode two. Mm-hmm. He was on the same episode as uh, Chris Kelly from Tennessee Champagne, yeah. and uh, so Tanner's telling us about when they were playing somewhere, and then they were in Oklahoma and pulled over in a gas station, and that was their hotel room, and then knock, knock, knock on the window from the cop. It's funny. I remember seeing that on Facebook and just sitting there and laugh because I I expect no less. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you got to do it to it when you're young. Um, so, yeah, that's just, uh, you know, one thing about this podcast is that, like, I'm very much the goal of it and, and is celebrating all that music from down mm-hmm. there because I'm so fascinated with that area of the country because we just yeah. don't get that up here. We just don't. Yeah. And that's no dig on the local musicians or anything. It just it seems like people up here are just so more motivated by what's popular what's on the radio you know and mm-hmm. so down there it's just awesome you have all these great bands and, yeah. and 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 when i talked to everybody last week when i talked to everybody during the podcast they all say there's like a camaraderie it's not like a a cutthroat competition it's very supportive very camaraderie everybody goes to each other's shows they know each other they you know hence you know throttle fest and you know i just uh got to talk to shane too not on the podcast, but in setting it up, and it just I'm so grateful for him for for yeah. doing that and uh, helping me out with that, and grateful to to uh, have you here helping me out with this episode. Um, so, Glad without fur- yeah, without further ado, we're gonna go into our interviews first uh, with Ben Lewis, solo artist, solo artist formerly of Bishop Gun, and then we'll talk to. Uh, Mason from Jive Mother Mary. And of course, that we just mentioned, we were going to talk to Andrew and uh, Frank from Them Dirty Roses. I had the pleasure of talking to all of them. So um, without further ado, uh, we'll go into that. So uh, everybody get ready and enjoy these interviews. This week on the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast, we are covering uh, the Throttle Fest in Huntsville, Alabama, uh, doing some on-site interviews, and uh, we'll have uh, three guests. Right now, I'm talking to Ben Lewis. We've talked to him before, and uh, so how's everything going today there, Ben? Good, man. There's a train passing right now, so I'm probably hey, trains, are, night, but... trains are always good. That's part of the charm of the bar, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to talk to you again. How's your porch tour going? Great, man. I'm a little over halfway through it. Um, and so far, it's just been awesome, man. People have been very hospitable, and um, I've done some really great camping, and um, it's just been it's been great, man. It's a good way for me to reach um, you know small groups of people, almost kind of a one on one you know experience, um, and, and it's it's been nice. The last two nights, I've been around um, uh, campfires in different okay. people's backyards. <laughs> okay. Not even a, I mean I haven't even used my speaker or anything it's just been completely unplugged yeah. uh, so you, you set this all up yourself so you just is this just like friends or people that got in touch with you or kind of a little of both um i would just put out a, a facebook post um just briefly mentioning what i was kind of wanting to do and you know, if anybody's interested send me an email type thing and, and um and then i had typed up an email with all the details about becoming a host and everything and uh, would just respond with a kind of a form, you know, email, and, the, and then they would either. Most people were good for it, you know. It's a pretty, pretty good setup for everybody, and doesn't cost the host anything. Mm -hmm. um, and people are just encouraged to tip, and then there's merch for sale and things like that. But um, they handle the food and beverages, whether people bring their own, and then. But people have just been great, and they've, um, you know, they've really, really taken it and run with it, and they decorate stuff and it's really cool you know because because it's their show you know right and, where have you so, been the last few days how's the traveling going for you it's been a little chilly i've been up in indiana um the last two shows have been up there like i said around the campfire and then i had a couple of days off before that so i did some um camping up on lake michigan um i got a little cabin at a state park there and um and did some recording Made kind of okay. a vocal booth for a couple of days, and um, right on. So it's just it's been interesting, you know. It's been twenty twenty's been that kind of year, you know. Right, right. So really, like, where where's the next couple of dates? Are you headed to after uh, Throttle Fest? I've got a few days home with the family um, after this, and then I'm heading to Chattanooga, and then from there back to Indianapolis, and then I'll have a little bit of downtime, maybe. A little less than a week and then i'm doing um uh, houston austin dallas and then the final show in oklahoma and right on right i'll wrap this this leg of it up and i'm probably going to shoot for um maybe florida or something during the colder months and then do something kind of like the same type of route um in the spring that i just did try to catch the good weather all around and and uh, i've had some offers up in new york state so I think I'm going to wait till June or July for that. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I'm not in a big rush to get up there this time of year. I might get stuck. So what are you, uh, are you kind of mixing up songs, you know, on each of these? Are there similarities? Are you doing a different thing each night? Are you a combination of covers and your original material yeah. from previously, new stuff? What's, how's that been going? A little bit of all of that. Um, I've been trying to kind of stick with originals and then uh, a few cover songs here and there. Um and I'll write out a set list, you know, for each night. But again, the last two nights were just unplugged around a fire, and and I didn't even write a set list out. I just kind of winged it, you know. And that was mm -hmm. that was kind of fun too. Right. Um, and just kind of, it's been. I've learned a lot because you have to kind of read the the people and respond to that, you mm -hmm. know. And um, 
so it's been a, it's been a learning experience and for me and um but yeah like i said it's a great way for me to you know have a real intimate connection with a small group of people like that and mm-hmm. and um you know really make make a good connection okay. i think it's a good way to build a you know a fan base in, in a grassroots type way i want to make sure i got this right your previous record it's called this town yes or Okay, and now is that like a full record or is that an EP? It is. It's a full full record. Um, and then I've been doing some recording a lot during this downtime, and I think I'm going to release a new EP in the spring as well. Okay. Um, but I'm I don't have many details about that right now. But right, can't let anything right, right. slip just at the moment. Right, right on. Um, this town is where I, I guess I haven't like done a lot of searching for it, but is that available? Because I want to pick it up. It is. It's on Spotify and all those platforms, um, YouTube and. Right. Oh, is it just on digital or do you have mm-hmm. CDs? I do have CDs for sale. Um, my Facebook page has a, a store. Okay. And then okay. I sell them hard copies, you know, live events and things like right. that. So it seems to me this Throttle Fest is really kind of a celebration of you know these you know newer, newer groupings of Southern bands. Like what uh, what kind of uh, camaraderie do you expect? today and this evening and what it, what's happened so far chatting with any of the other guys or yeah oh yeah um you know people are just kind of getting here and and figuring out sound check and where to stage their stuff and all that and um but i think most of the bands on the on the bill today have done something together at some point in time you know and i think a lot of the fan bases for each band overlap you know the people that you know that like each one and um you know, I've I've done some songwriting with with uh, Drew from Magnolia Bayou, and I've done some songwriting with uh, Mason from Job Mother Mary, and I mean, just you know, back and forth via text message and things like that. And so, you know, I think a lot of people have kind of worked like that, um, you know, with each other to some extent. And so, I don't think we're any of us are really strangers, which right. is good. But everybody's you know got a real good attitude and low egos and just want to make good music what i'm noticing is that everybody is just really really excited to be playing live music again you know right for sure including the people showing up the fans that are just excited to see a a band play you know know, so it's been a long time (laughs) well i know you're friends with the magnolia bayou guys and you know when before let's say before COVID, like how often do you see those guys or cross paths and how much do you cross paths with the Jive Mother Mary or them Dirty Roses guys at all previously? Um, before COVID, uh, Magnolia, I was closer with them, really. Um, with Bishop Gunn, we did a lot of stuff with them. Um, and then we played a couple shows with with each of the other two bands you mentioned as well. And, uh, but we hadn't, we spent a lot more time with the Magnolia Bayou guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they just released a new album and and burn um recorded it and produced it yeah you know everybody's kind of worked together with them for a while but um but yeah job mother mary them dirty roses all all really good guys and great bands and you know everybody seems really easy to get along with um i was just over talking to uh taylor honeycutt and she's got a full band with her um, right on for today too and, and she's very talented so are you, I I was talking to uh, Shane last night and he said there's like an outdoor, outdoor stage while people are filing in. And then there's 
Um, are you you playing on inside stage or? I'll be the, on the inside stage. I'll be the first one. I think I'm playing at six o'clock. Okay. Um, and so I'll do a just a solo acoustic thing in there. I think thirty or forty five minutes, depending on what mm-hmm. going on. And um, that's kind of the game plan. When you yeah. get a lot of bands together, you know, sometimes <laughs> timing doesn't work out exactly right. You know, and so right, right. It's got to be flexible and go with it. But yeah, um, yeah, I'll be on on the inside. Um, early and then i'll be hanging out and watching the rest of the show yeah i know like this being an inaugural event you know like i was talking to shane like i said he says probably gonna be a little chaotic today oh yeah man they always are but i think everybody that's playing has done plenty of stuff like this and and everybody kind of knows you gotta be flexible and easy you know no no divas right on (laughs) i want to ask you it's been like that man everybody's cool so Probably gonna keep this short. Before I let you go, I want to ask about one of your songs I really like. Is Midnight Louise? What's is that? Just a fictional story, or we got a real story behind that? Or sort of, yeah. It's kind of loosely based on. Um, so there was a that the character is is um, real, um, and she she came over as a mail order bride, I think, from Eastern Europe, and um, and the man she was supposed to marry was very wealthy, but he died. Of, I think it was yellow fever happened at that point and um but anyway so when she got there she didn't have any claim to any of his money or and she didn't speak english and she didn't know anybody and um anyway she ended up um working in a brothel for a while but then i think she got yellow fever as well and died but nobody really knew her name i'm not sure if louise was really her name or not but somebody somebody in town paid for her headstone and it just it just marked louise the unfortunate which is you know pretty interesting so sad story but um the song was written from the perspective of uh, one of her clients right <laughs> who falls in love with her you know and, and uh, right is also unfortunate i wouldn't advise that and one more question about a song devil is a woman that's your original song that that went on natchez as well yes sir right on yep yep i recorded that with with burn that the whole this town album was recorded in burn studio mm-hmm. and um Travis played harmonica on a lot of the songs on there and everything. And then whenever I ended up in Bishop Gunn, you know, when we started going through um, songs to record and that one kind of came up. So we decided to to grab it and it kind of went with the, with the concept of the record. So right on, right on. Well, dude, it's good to talk to you again. You guys uh, have a good performance and have a good day. And uh, we'll uh, talk to you again sometime soon, hopefully. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for right, covering man. all this. Yeah, man. yeah, I wish yeah. I could have been here, but maybe next year. Yeah, and you know, all your guys' music means so much to me, and the scene down there means so much to me, and I get to kind of live vicariously through you guys for that. I'm grateful. So, well, take care, my brother. Participating. We'll see you next time. All right.
This week on the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast, our coverage of, uh, of Throttle Fest in Huntsville, Alabama. We have Mason Keck from Jive Mary Mar- Jive Mother Mary. How you doing today, Mason? Doing well, Brian. How you doing, man? Yeah, good, good. You know, I've uh, was looking. I've been reading about your band history and all that. And the one thing, the question that I had, like for that, is like you guys went out to uh, the musicians institute out in los angeles for a couple of years yeah we ended up going out there for about two a little over two years we went to the school and lived out there for a little while and uh three of us did that me and fluff and schultz did that and uh at the time our bass player his name is will sanders uh he went out there too but will hasn't played with us in a couple of years but at the time the whole band went out there yeah what did you learn from that what did you get out of that just, Man. I mean, besides the schooling, like the just the experience of being out there, would you get it from that? Uh, just a lot of a lot of contacts, you know. And uh, it, the coolest part about it, honestly, now is that we know people all over the country now that we've all kind of trickled back to different areas. And so when we're on the road, we see friends, or we get people to to sit in, or you know, we have a place to stay, that type of thing. But you know, learned a lot of uh, a lot of the business side of things and. And, you know, the, the, the bumping elbows of people, that type thing, you know. What led to you guys going to Athens? Uh, we were kind of a big fan of the music that was coming out of there. You know, we were big Drive-By Truckers fans. And, you know, uh, Widespread Panic was a big band that came out of there. And there's a, a big music scene that was just kind of around there. And uh, it's just a really cool town. You know, we wanted to change the scene after Los Angeles. The big city kind of, I guess, got too much. You know, we just kind of wanted something that, it had some stuff going on, but still had a, a, a small town feel. 
So what was your experience there in Athens? It was really cool, you know. Um, we had some 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 good gigs, and it was really welcoming. It was it was an odd time because we split we split our time between there and North Carolina. Still, we were centered in Athens, but we played a lot based out of North Carolina. But it was a good time, you know. We kind of just showed up on the scene, and we had a lot of people that were really receptive of us, and some good friends. And we had a uh, we got really tight as a band during that time because we had we had a big old farmhouse that we just rented monthly and we had an extra room in there we just stayed stayed set up and we'd practice in there every day so we really got super tight as a band there and you know really worked on a lot of our music and and got a lot of tunes together during that time so i'm just starting to get to know uh long odds and what can you talk about that that what kind of mood or what kind of experiences went into those songs that um, yeah, you know, that record's a lot different than our earlier stuff. It kind of, to me, it carries a little bit more weight, I guess you would say. Um, I kind of put a lot more thought into the songs and, uh, and the lyrics and really want to make sure they mean something, you know. Um, I was going through a lot of life changes at that point. I had uh, ended a relationship that I had been in for like eight years or so at that time. And so a lot of that's reflected in the music. Um, I tried not to be too dark or too down with it, you know. Some of it tries to be on the the positive side of things but uh you know some of it's about that and a lot of it's just about our experiences as a band you know being on the road and and just traveling you know just just living living the life as we do it you know burning up the highway is is what we do and uh and schultz's song rabbit hole um you know that's kind of kind of our story you know we've just been at this point 13 years or more you know, just on the road, just doing the thing, just just trying to put boots to the ground and, and keep it rolling, you know. What do you do in those moments or if it seems tough, you know, like you just keep faithful and keep on pushing forward? Yeah, you know, it's cool. Things like this uh, this gig that we're at today, that really makes a big difference because it's, we get to see people that are really huge fans and, and, and mean a lot to us and, and always support us. So that's a big boost. And, and you know, it's... Uh, it's it's just a matter of, of like I said, just keeping your nose to the grindstone. We, we we are lucky enough that we've been doing it for this long. So it's one of those things where almost we joke, we're like, it'd be dumb to, to quit now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean? As long as we've been doing it. So it's uh it's just a you know, just a a, a thing where you just gotta keep on keeping on. You just gotta stick with it and and in today's climate, you know, a rock band is not necessarily something that's just gonna immediately blow up the charts you know it's not it's not what's on the top 40 these days so it's just a different approach you know and honestly i feel that if you have a slow climb and you really take your time to to really meet the people that you're that you're playing to and you and you it's more than just a fan thing it's you know it's a it's like a reunion when you see them you know that's a that's a thing because when when you get when you when you interact with people like that it, it it's really a fan for life and like i said it does become more than just that so I was wondering uh, who your bigger influences are. Like on this record, I kind of hear from what I've heard. I hear like I don't know if this is on the money or not, but I hear some maybe a little bit of Neil Young or Crosby, Stills and Nash and Tom Petty. Like who who like for people who have been around a long time. Yeah, who man. Do you take in. That's definitely uh, definitely uh, in our wheelhouse. You know, that's things that we love and we all grew up on and. I love a lot of rock stuff too. I love harmony guitar, be it Leonard Skinner or Allman Brothers, or you know, my first introduction really to harmony guitar was uh, was Brian May from Queen. So um, you know, I love '70s radio rock and that type stuff. Tom Petty, ELO, 
Skinner, you know, I mean, any, like I said, anything that's guitar driven radio rock, I really enjoy and grew up on. And that's how I cut my teeth playing guitar and, and singing and everything else. So I think a lot of it has that type of sensibility. You know, I try to, I almost kind of want our music to be like a song that you would hear on classic rock radio that should have came out in 1974. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and usually if people kind of ask what our band sounds like, I kind of give it a, just to, to sum it up quickly, I say we kind of sound like a cross between Aerosmith and the Eagles. Uh, you know, because we, we have a lot of guitar-centered music and a lot of rock and tunes, but we also try to be conscious of, of, of the lyrical content, and we try to do a lot of harmony vocals and that type thing. And we try to be a rock band with with sensibility, I guess, you know. It seems they can't really, like, pin you down to one type of genre. It's interesting you mentioned 1974, because... As I'm listening to your stuff, that's what I get. That's what I get. Like I, it just reminds me of songs that I was hear on the radio when I was a kid, like 1977. Like it reminds me of some Steely Dan stuff. And well, cool, uh, man. Yeah, you know, I love Steely Dan, and it's like I said, it's like a. I grew up on radio rock. I learned how to play guitar sitting in. Uh, my dad has an automotive shop, and I would sit down there in the shop until he closed after I'd get out of school. So I'd just sit there and play guitar to the radio for you know, two and a half, three hours a day when I was younger. And so all that stuff absorbed in, you know, and I think at some level, the, the, the radio sensibility, I really, I really like stuff that just pleases your ear. You know what I mean? And that type of stuff is really at home with me. And, uh, yeah, I, I love that type of stuff, you know, like it's, 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 it's all over the place. This, it's this week, you know, like I said, just just throughout 1974, you know, but it, it's weird, you know, back in the 70s or in times like that, it seems that radio was all over the place. You know, um, Inner Visions, the Stevie Wonder record, and Goat's Head Suit, the Rolling Stones record, came out like right around the same time. And I was listening to both of those hard this week, just spinning them a lot. And it kind of tripped me out that both of those records came out at the same time. And, you know, and, and it seems like an alternate universe in today's world, but there was a time when you could probably find a radio station that would play tracks off both those records back to back. And, you know, that's just not something you get anymore, really. But All right. Um, you mentioned getting back home. What what kind of scene was there before you left Burlington and came back? What's going on there now? You know, we had a we had a good scene back home. Our our our, uh, our hometown is small, but it has a, a really dedicated music community and also uh, some really talented people. You know, there's a, a guitar player named Kim Shoemaker that's. You can any guitar player in our hometown can trace a lineage back to him as to why they're playing guitar, you know. And uh, Keith, our bassist, the, some of the earliest memories I have of meeting Keith were, were in Shoemaker guitars. And you know, there's all sorts of really cool bands from our area that are doing doing cool stuff. Uh, Rhett Huffman, who plays keys on our record, uh, he grew up, you know, ten minutes down the road from me. And his good buddy Ryan Van Fleet, they've played together in bands for years, and now they both play in American Aquarium, which is I think this past week, American Aquarium's new record was like number two on the country charts and number one in the Americana charts. And so there's a lot of talent, you know, small area, but a really a lot of talent and uh, original stuff, you know, cover bands, blues bands, all sorts of stuff. There's all sorts of of different stuff coming out of our area, even though it's not necessarily, a, you know, a, a giant metropolitan area, I guess. Did you like what's the bigger city that's next there? Would you just when you're playing we, then you just uh, stick around there, or do you drive up to between Greensboro, North Carolina, and Raleigh, North Carolina? Uh, about even between the two, we're near Chapel Hill and Durham, so there's a lot of, of big areas 
uh, in our area, you know, we're kind of, our town's not that big, but there's a lot of within an hour's reach, a lot of areas. And Charlotte's two hours away. But we do a lot of traveling through the southeast, you know, like down here in Alabama, some of our biggest fans. Uh, that's why we love coming down here. Um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a smaller community that does the southern rock thing, you know, but it's really dedicated. So that's a, an important thing, I think. You know, I, I did read about how you got your name, and there's another, that North Carolina connection, but he, from uh, Cry Love, Diamonds and, Diamonds and Debris song. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty funny. You know, that's that's one of my biggest influences growing up. I love the Black Crows. I love Diamonds and Debris from Cry of Love. I love their first record. I mean, a lot of that stuff had a big impact on me, you know, and then to figure out that they were from North Carolina was a really cool thing, and... Uh, and yeah, we just kind of, you know, we misinterpreted the song lyric. We thought he said Jive Mother Mary, but he says Diamonds Buried, you know. And, uh, so it just kind of worked out, you know, it's cool. And, and John Custer did our first two records, who produced the Drive Love Records and engineered those. And uh, it was just a sound that we really loved. And I could hear, I could hear things that I really liked in that. You know, I could see that it was their own thing, but I could see where they were drawing from. And it was cool to have that next that next thing, you know, to try to, to, to really be influenced by some people that were from our area, you know, it made it a little more sweet, I guess. You mentioned the black rose and myself and my co-host Jeremy, like heavily were, you know, like, it seems like all these younger bands, bands that have been around your amount of time, shorter or more, everybody mentions them, you know, it just, they, they, every, everything comes back to them in some way. You know, they were kind of lately, it seems like the last kind of, old guard rock band it seems of the time you know and i southern harmony and musical companion just really grabbed me uh and the drummer in the band fluff you know we, we've been buddies for since we were 12 years old we've been doing this for 14 almost 15 years now you know and and uh and and that album really just made a huge impact on both of us um and song wise uh just love the guitar you know the whole the whole vibe of it was just awesome and i've seen the crows a bunch of times and fluff seen them god a million times and, and mm. keith our bassist has seen them some and you know between between the three of us between the four of us we probably have uh, over 20 crows shows so mm-hmm. it's, it, it's definitely definitely they had a huge impact on me um and it's funny it's one of those bands where when I go back and listen to those records, I forget how much of an impact they had. You know, I listened to to um, Sometimes Salvation this past week. Actually, it came on my on my rotation on my Spotify playlist, and uh, yeah, it just really kind of grabbed me. That still, even though I wore that song out completely, I you know just wore it out till the about you know couldn't play the CD anymore. It still had a huge impact on me. Yeah, you know, Southern Harmony is definitely my desert desert island record. Um, so I want to talk about like the Throttle Fest, and it seems to me it's like this is in its inaugural year. It's this celebration of all these, you know, bands, Southern bands. You know, you know, some I say some are younger, some you know, not as young. But I mean, it yeah. just seems like that. You know, it, I hope I'm, I got that take, you know, correct. And that's what this festival is about. And what, what you know, I was talking to Ben earlier. He mentioned he he. Uh, did some wrote some songs with you um and it just i asked him the same thing and i'll ask them dirty roses too like what's the camaraderie you've had with everyone in the past what do you see for today and continuing forward 
Well, you know, it's it's funny that there's like far-reaching connections in this type thing. We played with Ben uh, with Bishop Gun, you know, and we've known those guys for a little while. And uh, yeah, Ben reached out to me around the time we were sharing some gigs, and we put a song together and did that. And uh, and I haven't seen him in almost a year. This is the first time, so it's really good to do this. And uh, it's the first time we've met them, Dirty Roses and Magnolia Bayou, but we're okay. friends on Facebook. You know, it's like right every yeah. day. You, you meet people online first, and then it's really good to meet the people afterwards, you know. Um, but some of the other acts, like the acoustic acts, um, you know, we had the guy who we just worked with in the studio, Jay Took, who played with the Steelwoods. Um, he just recorded another act here named Brandon Martin. So connections mm-hmm. like that. Uh, Taylor Honeycutt, who's playing right before us. We um, used to play with a guy named Ben Sutton, who grew up playing around uh, the guitar player in her band. So we've met him before. You know, it's small connections like that, mm-hmm. but things like this make those connections, honestly. Right. It's what it is, you know. Um, and this was, this was, you know, kind of a, an idea of Shane's who, who, who puts on shows here and, and a lot of fans here. they just kind of been wanting to do this for a while. And Shane had been telling me for over a year now, man, I got to get you guys together, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, all these bands, we got to play together. And so it just finally worked out, you know, it was going to work out in August and things got pushed back, but you know, it's all working out now. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like, like I'm in North Dakota and we just, you know, I, I get to live vicariously through you guys down there, you know, and there's a bit of an envy or whatever. Um, Cause we just don't get up here. You know, I, not that too many local musicians are you know listen to my podcast, but up here, it's just like all, it just seemingly it's you know weekend warrior cover bands and people just playing music that they've only heard on the radio and it just i just i'm just so amazed with everything that comes out from down there because it seems like like you see on the muscle shoals documentary it comes from the soil it comes from the river it, it seems like it's almost like it's inbred ingrained in your guys's dna down there it's almost seems like a responsibility of sort that's just something that you are the music and the music is you it just seems to go so much deeper yeah, well, it's fun. Is uh, was the uh, what's the trapeze record? Uh, you are the music. We're just the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, man, you know, it's it's you find these small pockets of bands and stuff like that. We're like, where where are all these bands coming from? And then all of a sudden, you see all these connections. You see where everybody's kind of kind of doing their thing, you know, and and it, it all it, it all comes together at, at things like this. So it's really that's where the connections are made, you know. It also seems too that. But it's a thing where you guys all like you're just you're doing this without the whole you know you know the obviously the music industry as it once was is no longer around. You guys aren't on FM radio and it seems like you build things brick by brick. And the other band besides the Crows I wanted to mention I don't know if they're a big influence, huge influence that this band that said you know we decided early on we're going to be a fans band and that's Blackberry Smoke. So I wonder if everybody kind of looks at them as like kind of leading the charge and what kind of influence goes there? Cause it seems like everybody else kind of has that Facebook family building everything brick by brick fan band. Yeah, all you guys. It's kind of really carrying the, cho- the torch of what we're doing right now. Um, you know, they're the, they're the, the band that's really the, the kind of shining light in our scene. And it's because they're so, uh, so accessible as far as like to fans and on all levels, you know what I mean? They're, they're the best, the best band on the scene really there's no band better doing what they're doing but you you know they they don't they're they're the most down-to-earth guys you could ever mm-hmm. meet you know and and i'm lucky enough to call charlie a friend and mm-hmm. and uh 
you know, he's he's a good dude. He's a really good guy, and and you know, he's he's been nice enough to let us open up for him once, and and you know, you just see a lot of of our community kind of using them as an example, and it's cool that they provide such a good example. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, that's a really cool thing. And it's cool to see a band that is doing their own thing, but still keeping, you know, keeping the flame alive and having good response to it. You mm-hmm. know, they're, they're saying we're going to do what we want to do and people are loving it. You know, that's really yeah. cool. And I'm happy for them that they get to do that. Yeah, it's really fortunate I got to meet those guys at a meet and greet in Madison. So Nice, man. But, uh, you know, I really want to thank you, Mason, for being on and talking to me. That means a lot to me. And I really appreciate your music. That means a lot to me, too. And all you guys what you do down there and the camaraderie and everything. It's really inspiring. And I hope to have you on again a little later on and we'll go deeper into it. So, but I'm going to let you go for now. And I know you'll have a good night playing. So thank you. And we'll see you next time. Hey, 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 thank you, man. Yeah. Look forward to see the show. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Be good.
All right, we're talking to our third uh, artist on this episode of the podcast that we're featuring the Throttle Fest in uh, Huntsville, Alabama. We have yeah, here man. Andrew Davis, guitar player from Them Dirty Roses. First time talking to you guys. How you doing, brother? Not bad, man. Not bad. It's good. We've been trying to link up for a little while. Just keep uh, keep missing each other on availability. <laughs> but hey, I'm glad that uh, we could make this work out. Yeah, so, you know, are you guys kind of looked at as, like, the hometown guys here? Because you're from Gadsden, and that's just, what, hour and a half down the road there from Huntsville? Yeah, it's, um, surprisingly enough, there's not many people from our hometown crowd that make the drive out here. But we've been around this area, so we have we have kind of like a second hometown, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, the auxiliary. So we, yeah. uh, we definitely love coming into Huntsville and sidetracks every time we get a uh, chance to. It's just been getting better and better every time. When you guys started out in Gadsden, like how long did you stick around there? Because I know eventually you went up to Nashville. Like yeah. how long did you play down there? What was it like? Um, I mean, it was almost immediately. You know, we had some rehearsals, played a couple little hometown gigs, and then decided we were really going to take this band seriously because, uh, you know, we decided it was what we all wanted to do for the rest of our lives, more or less. So once we decided that, it was not long before we hit the road up to Nashville. I'm trying to picture that that trip, you know, because in your bio it's written kind of funny, you know, like getting in the <laughs> RV. Like, was that was that a pretty quick trip, or were there? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's only about three hours to get up to Nashville, so it wasn't uh, it wasn't too bad. I'm wondering, like, what the you know, when you guys get to Nashville, were were did you have a good sense of what your plan was? Like, I'm, I've heard like it's very is it competitive, and there's like these. Uh, uh, corporate songwriters like how is there any of that that was difficult at all or um i'm not gonna say it was so difficult um so much as it was fun and like definitely will make you better because you're Mm -hmm. always around just these top-notch dudes like top-notch songwriters top-notch artists all of the industry people and so you know every time you go out in nashville you meet somebody new and then uh you get like, you know, you hook up with them and then you go and maybe write a song or maybe you jam with them or hell, maybe you just talk to them. But it always makes you a little bit better at what you do because you have to elevate to that level that they're on. I mean, Nashville is super competitive, but it's also the kind of town where, you know, it's easy to make friends and people help each other out because it's like, you know, there's not just one spot. The more the more people, you know, that are on their way to making it, then the better chances you've got at making it. Right, right. Is there any particular place where you guys play there or headline over other bands? Do you have kind of like a little territory carved out or what's it uh, like? Not really in Nashville. So Nashville's been home base for so long. We don't play there very often. Um, just really no reason, honestly. But I mean, 
We did before we got our deal with uh, you know our current management, our current agent, because that's kind of what playing inside Nashville is for. It's to present yourself to the industry and hopefully build your team to get your manager, your agent, you know, all of your media people. Basically, it's an audition for all of these people. So once you have your team put together, until you come back around and do like the Ryman or uh, you know hopefully one day like Bridgestone Arena or something, there's not really too much of a reason to play the local clubs and showcases, right. you know. So now that we've got that put together, we haven't been, we haven't played Nashville in a while, but I think we're due for a good, uh, I think we're due for a good show sometime soon. So mm-hmm. <laughs> when you guys are going out there doing your thing out on the road, you know, hopefully that's going to come back to normal. And like before COVID, like, are you guys Please. playing playing headline your own club shows? Are you opening up for bigger acts? Are you playing summer festivals? Uh, all of the above. You know, uh, each thing has its own allure to it. We always we love opening up and being on the road for people because it's like you get forty five minutes or an hour, you know, however long to uh, go out there and just put the absolute like top notch material in. You go. You get loaded up afterwards, you're done, and you get to hang out and, you know, watch the headliner. And it's just it's real stress-free, and it's an easy night. Uh, but then, man, you know, there's something special about headlining the clubs, too. Uh, it's really nice to see your name at the top of the marquee. So, you know, as always, there's different little perks to both. And, of course, summer festivals are just fun. <laughs> there's just no other way to describe them, you know. You always get uh, – beer never goes down better than it does in summertime. Mm-hmm. Who uh who are your major influences, like from bands well, that are have been around for a long time or famous? Yeah, or man, well, so we've all got we've all got different ones. Um, I'm gonna try and not botch this. I'm pretty sure I got an idea of everyone's. Uh, our drummer Frank, you know he, um, he's a real heavy hitting guy. So he's uh, he's been influenced a lot by Zeppelin and uh, well, you know John Bonham especially just because of those heavy hands. Uh, our singer James, he he's a Motown guy. He likes all the soul and everything. Um, and I'm like I'm a kind of a rock and roll guy. My you know Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, uh, Ozzy, and then you know like fast forward and then all of us are just big Almond Brothers fans, Black Crows fans, Skinner, of course. You can't you know you can't be a rock and roll band and not at least tip your hat to them. Right. Um, but yes, I mean, we come from just a very diverse background of musical influences, and it's hard to just pinpoint one thing or another that really is, you know, uh, influential to our sound. Mm-hmm. You know, you uh, mentioned some of the same that, that Mason did. I'll probably kind of repeat myself here. Myself, my co-host, uh, are huge <laughs> Black Crows fans, and it seems like at some point everything comes back around to those guys. I swear it really does. They, I mean, they, they kind of... They were the one that kept that torch burning in the 90s when everything was kind of going to more of an alternative style sound, you know, which is nothing at all wrong with, man. I'm, I love Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Third Eye Blind. Um, but, you know, they sort of had that throwback sound to the, the Zeppelin era. And so they kind of, you know, they carried the torch with them for that whole thing. And there's really nothing like them since. And they just kind of, you know, they stand in a league of their own. But, uh, you know, I, I'm i getting the sense, well, I know for sure that this festival that you guys are playing today is really about celebrating all these kind of southern bands, whether you want to call them southern bands or southern rock for or sure. rock and roll. And, you know, I'm up in North Dakota and we just don't get 
these kind of local regional bands, you know, and it's just, I'm just so, I'm thankful, I'm grateful, I'm amazed with it. And it seems like, as I said to Mason, and it seems like it's something, like I said in the Muscle Shows documentary, it's from the dirt, it's from the soil. And it seems like you guys have this in your DNA. Like, it's almost like you are the mute. It's like you are the music and the music is you. It's just like, it seems like it's like a, a responsibility that you guys are glad yeah, to, to carry on. Yeah, how you man, doing, brother? Yeah, this is, yeah, this is Frank, right, by the way. Uh, how are you doing, is, Frank? Uh, how's it going? Good. But yeah, so like you were saying, though, it definitely is, uh, it, it is something. We were just recently in Muscle Shoals at uh, Fame Studios doing some writing and recording and... It, they don't lie about the documentary you know it is it's in the water it's in the air like yeah, even, the carpet, even yeah. the carpet i'm yeah, yeah the, the, the room of fame is just yeah. you know it's so legendary they mic up the walls to get the vibrations from them <laughs> you know don't waste any audio we've been joined by frank ford tell us what you do in the band oh yeah i'm uh i'm the drummer i'm uh brothers with james ford the singer right on yeah just Rocking out, sweater. I'm a professional sweater. <laughs> That's sweat. the truth. So you should see how many shirts hanging off the side of the van after our shows just to like dry them out. <laughs> it's like what a kind of camaraderie group. do you guys have and will have with the other bands playing today, you know, specifically with Ben and Jive Mother Mary and Magnolia Bayou? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We, we've clicked real good with those guys. Uh, this is the first time hanging out with Jive Mother Mary and seeing them, but we're pretty, uh, I mean... Great. We've been hanging with them all day. They're all real cool guys. And yeah, man, we definitely enjoy it every time we get always, to... We're uh, always uh, throwing some beers back, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we definitely enjoy it every time that we get to hang out with other bands, because, you know, it's the four of us on the road so much, and it's just like, you know... Yeah, whenever you play a show with another band, you get to, like, yeah, hang out with some other people than right. us four. Yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> it is, it's awesome. I definitely dig it. Well, I gotta ask you guys, like, I'm looking... I'm only finding your... You have an EP, and it's just on digital... I'm trying to. Yep. Okay. Yeah, um, right now, uh, it will most likely be repressed whenever we get, uh, you know, whenever we start the release process for our new music. Uh, we will also repress the old one. But yeah. at this point, you know, we're kind of just hanging on until until then, just letting it go all digital. Yeah, we might yeah. do like a re-release type of stuff. Yeah. Okay. I always enjoy having a physical copy. Oh yeah, me too. Right. Well, if we happen to uh, if we happen to track one down, we'll send it your way. Yeah, sure. uh, we probably have a couple floating around yeah, somewhere I, in our merch I think box. I've got one in my house, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> we've got a couple. So, are you guys working on new material at all? Oh yeah, we most got, certainly. We got probably twenty songs right now, in, you know, in the in the hole that we're kind of just waiting on, and then uh, we're going back in in November into most of Shoals. Right on. Thing. Three days, yeah. Yep, we're just we're constantly writing and recording and getting stuff together. We're just, uh, you know, we're we're prepping to release it. Some in in the next few months, you will definitely see uh, you'll see the fruits of our labor come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be nice. I'm I'm for one, I'm looking forward to it because we've been working on new stuff for God, going on what like two to three years now, actively working in the studio yeah, and. Yeah getting stuff together so i'm definitely excited to see it come out probably more so than you guys are yeah but we're just ready to get it out and start rolling stuff out and you know see where where that takes us oh yeah who do you work with as a producer be anybody we know or um right now we're working with uh james leblanc 
Yeah, James LeBlanc and uh, Philip White down yeah. in Muscle Shoals. That's who we're working with on the most recent batch of stuff. And then we had um, before, you know, we've got some other stuff that we worked with a guy named Joe Carroll over at Treasure Isle Studios on. He, he engineered and kind of helped produce uh, that. So we've got two that we mainly, you know, we yeah. like. We like Joe and we like uh, James and Philip. So, yeah, it's mostly us most of the time. Yeah, we do a lot of the producing uh, on it as well. I'd say equal to the other. Yeah. You know, we're sure. we kind of know what we want arrangement-wise, and um, we're all pretty decent at audio engineering, so we can kind of direct whoever's engineering the session to, you know, man, I want more pop in that snare drum. Let's let's try this yeah, yeah. frequency, you know. So it's a collective effort, uh, if you will. James LeBlanc's been really good at like uh, able to like expand our mind, our horizon, because he, he's a lot more musically has a lot more musical knowledge than we do we're just kind of you know grew up in a garage and you yeah. know messed around and you know ended up becoming a band but he's, Man, been, he's, he's been doing it for like 40 years yeah 30 40 years he's just he's so smart and so good at guitar he can just yeah show you all these chords and cool little things just like that and if like, it's oh, happened shit, in, do that. yeah if it's happened in music yeah. he probably knows about it hell he probably wrote wrote it <laughs> you yeah, know we can bring like yeah simple idea to him and he can transform it into something yeah that's really great cool. yeah who else has he worked with um i'm not sure as far as producing goes i know he's written songs for travis tritt um he's man he's got a lot of uh, yeah, a bunch of people. yeah he's got a lot of writing credits out there um i don't know as far as production goes i have not looked into his background that might be something uh for uh, all of the fans at home to Google, because <laughs> yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. yeah, let us know for sure. So, Frank, how long have you and your brother had instruments in your hand? hands? So, you grow uh, up? It was the drum set that we play, or that I play, uh, was my dad's old drum set. And, like, he got it right before James was born. He was a drummer, and uh, he just kind of never replayed really after he had James. And, and then uh, we always had that drum set up in the attic. So James was a drummer, and he, he started playing first and then like he showed me my first drum beat like i was probably like seven or something you know? it's like, i don't really remember it much but then it like in uh in high school he was in a uh a band that was doing pretty good and he was the drummer of that band and then uh, i started playing a lot more drums in middle school learning songs led zeppelin and all that stuff so then like i got in a uh, band high school band with ben and he was playing guitar at the time and then uh james's band fell apart and uh, our band was kind of like non-existent, so then we just kind of merged the two together. Yep. But yeah, drums was drums was everything. And then James picked up guitar in like ninth grade, and he, he started singing like Wonderwall or some shit. <laughs> yeah. And then I think uh, I think we've all been playing since we were young. I think I got my first real legitimate guitar when I was like six or seven, maybe. Um, yeah, Ben got his guitar when he was like 12. Yeah, so I mean, we we were all younger than 12 yeah. <laughs> when we started playing our instruments. When did uh, you and James decide, okay, we're a band, like this is the thing, this is... It was we're... like... 2014, maybe? Yeah, 2014, 2012. Somewhere in there, yeah. 2012, yeah. Because yeah, when we like decided that like it would be a, a good idea, I think it was just me, Ben, and James at the time. Yeah. At the, it was really 2013, but uh, but yeah, that was the start of it because he was living in Nashville at the time and he was just a songwriter up there by himself. And uh, he was like, "Hell, there's there's like Cadillac Three and Blackberry Smoke. That's a about thousand it. Horses a thousand and... horses, yeah, and like 
So he's like, he just really thought we could, you know, maybe make a name for ourselves mm -hmm. compared to the other guys out there. So we all moved into the same bedroom. Yeah, we moved into the same bedroom, <laughs> air mattress, two TVs on a wall. Yep. You guys are all from Gatson then? Yeah, yeah. We all we went guess. to high school together. We all okay. pretty much right grew on. up together. Right on. So I'm wondering also, too, um, uh, bands that have been around your amount of time or maybe a little longer. Of course, Ben Lewis was in Bishop Gunn. Wonder yeah. if you ever played with them or Tyler Bryant yeah, and Shakedown? Yeah, yeah, they were fun. He's playing right now. Actually. Yeah, Ben's right. on stage right now. Yeah, I can hear him. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, we played with Bishop Gunn a good couple times. So, like, you guys ever run into Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown because they're based in Nashville? Yeah, um, we run we run into them every now and then. We not... never see them out much. They're not really a like a partying band. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> like a you know just straight to the music all the time but yeah every now and then we do run into him yeah, we, yeah. we know you know we know him whenever we can catch a show we we, we try to do that because they're they're insane yeah they're great live and there's these newer bands not like tennessee champagne and georgia oh, yeah, thunderbolts yeah. we're actually oh, yeah, yeah. we're really good friends with the georgia thunderbolts they grew up maybe an hour from our original hometown and uh we know all those guys. Yeah, the first time their singer actually sang in front of like more than like 20 people was like at our Opening show. Up for us. And like the, the what happened was like their singer ended up like blowing his throat out. So then like they called TJ last minute and he just happens to be like some fucking prodigy singer. <laughs> Sounds like like the 70s all together. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah man, they got they're, they're they're real good. I'm 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 happy to see them doing good things too with their yeah. newest EP out right now. How long? Where did the name "Them Dirty Roses" come from? <laughs> uh, James was like in, living in Nashville at the time with his friend, and it was like this. There was this homeless guy who kept walking up, and he was like trying to sell like these old like rotten roses for ten dollars. Like ten dollars. He was like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't want. I don't. Uh, I'll give you ten dollars, but I don't want the them dirty roses or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And he was so just like, "Damn, that's a cool band." Yeah, we were man. looking for a band name at the time. Yep. It was the Dirty Roses. Then, uh, like I like me and Ben like them crooked vultures, and we thought like it kind of sounded southern, so we yeah you know, that happened. had to throw the southernism on them dirty so, roses. So that came up after you guys got up to Nashville. Yeah, yeah. Well, that came up. Well, before. James moved so originally to Nashville. Was, James was in Nashville. He moved up like two or three years before he, we all moved up. Yeah. He was well, doing the whole writing thing that we talked about. What other newer bands that we maybe haven't heard of that, that you can think of? Anyone that's coming up, like, hey, man, you got to see these guys. The Electric Alley. Oh, my God. They're, well, they're from Spain, but we yeah. met them while we were on tour in Europe. The Electric Alley is great. Uh, True two. Villains out of Nashville. True Villains, they're super great. They've they've, they've got uh, they're, they're like uh, both of them are kind of a rock and roll styling. Yeah. Um, they're these guys aren't a band anymore. But if you just really want some good music, uh, Dirty York is really Dirty York has got such a good vibe to them. Um, let's see, who are some newer up and coming bands? You named a couple of them already. You know, yeah, other yeah. than the ones that are on this bill here. These are yeah. These are probably the ones to watch that are in this building right now. Well, you mentioned Spain. There's a bad band called Redbeard. I don't know if you've heard of them. <laughs> mentioned what? Redbeard. Oh, yeah. They actually, um, they were touring on the same company that we tour with over across the pond. 
Right. So we've, you know, we listen to a bunch of their music because that's all the tour managers listen to is all their other bands' oh, yeah, music. Yeah. All the so time, we yeah. cycled through with Redbeard and, um, you know, oh, uh, Robert John and the Wreck. Oh yeah, you would yeah, love yeah, in L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah you would love awesome. Robert John and the Wreck, man. Yeah, Dirty Honey's out there too in L.A. Yeah, Dirty uh, Honey's yeah. a good one. The record um, company. Yeah, they're great. I saw them open for Blackberry Smoke a couple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um. I knew a couple people that went to that tour package out here, too. There's a band out of the Netherlands called Voltage that's pretty good, too. Oh, nice. Sounds this. familiar. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard of them yet. I saw a flyer or something like that. We're out there. Let's see. Might know some other new stuff. Dig into old Spotify. See what I've been searching you know, for recently. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's pretty much it. That's a... Yeah. <laughs> nope, we named them all. I think we got all the ones that we uh, we could think of. So you guys are headlining tonight, correct? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. I don't, know how we, I don't know how we got to deserve that, but I'll definitely take it. This is going to be a hell of a ride. <laughs> Who's going to be left standing at the end of the night? I know. That's what... Probably just the door guy. <laughs> it's going to be hard for us yeah, not to get fucked up. There's like still three more bands. Oh, yeah. There's three more bands, and there's... Uh, that cooler full of beer sitting over there. <laughs> yeah, it's about to get restocked. Too. Yeah, it's about to get restocked. So you it's boys be, be responsible now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're always responsible. <laughs> uh, you know, to a degree. Yeah, then we get we preserve some, life and limb. We start playing, and then they have, like every song, there's like four shots. You know, we're like, oh, I swear, we can't do this. Yeah, the worst part about it is not how much you set. drink. It's, yeah, it's how much people buy you to drink. It's like after every song break, there's another tray of shots up there. It's like, oh, stop, please, you're hurting me. Well, if you get to Columbia, Missouri, you play with the Comancheros. They're known oh, for the legendary. Hey, yeah, um, yeah, they're, they're... we actually just, uh, they came to one of the house shows we are playing in Georgia. They had a date down at the brew house in Georgia, and they stopped by our show the night before. Uh, we're, you know, we got to be pretty good friends with the Comancheros. Yeah, they're great they're dudes. They're rowdy boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> their new single's actually really good. Yeah. yeah, I heard that. I did. Yeah, I like they're, uh, good, uh, they're good my, partners to shotgun beer with. <laughs> my co-host is in a band called Driving Wheel from Columbia, too. Oh, so okay. Like pretty good scene going on there as well. Nice. Yeah. So when yeah. you guys can, when you're able to get back out there and do it after we're hopefully on the other side of this COVID stuff. Like what's the plan? Yeah. You just just hit the road big time, like just start start releasing and music. And, yeah, start releasing music, hit the road, and uh, bother our agent until he gets us on with the people that we want to go out on the road with. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I I don't see uh, like bigger acts, you know, starting back even in 2021. It's yeah, it's gonna be March or April like, from the inside info say, that we got. I bet you like. Two to three hundred, four hundred people would be okay, but like when you start getting into around like thousand person venues and stuff, there's gonna be somebody's gonna flip their flip their uh, lid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. I mean, you never know what you're walking into here. Sometimes you try and do something fun and bring everybody together to get your mind off of it, and then you get raked through the coals on Twitter by some anonymous dude who's sitting in the house in his basement or something. Have you guys so. done any shows uh, with? whiskey myers at all yeah we've been uh we've, we've, we've been with them a co out with them a couple times they're uh they're good dudes too man yeah, the bass player, uh, the one we're closest with yeah yeah we're close to their bass player we, we hung out with him 
We wandered the streets of New York with him <laughs> a while back, the last time we were all up there. So it's pretty much been going steady nonstop since he officially became them Dirty Roses, once the other guys yeah. got into the band. I mean, I feel this, like, we had, like, three or four months, you know, of this COVID thing, and it just really killed everything. We had, like, two tours lined up. Yep. It's probably at least, like, $40,000. <laughs> yeah. Just canceled in one week. No shit, it was. It was seriously just armageddon happened we went out for a run uh we left like march 9th from nashville and we got back into nashville on like march 17th and in that amount of time like we left the city was booming it was open we get back nothing's open and all of our dates disappeared off the calendar and it was just you know it was all the fast food places started like closing their indoors down like on the way home like what is going on yeah we we didn't have any idea like what in the hell is happening what have you guys done during that time to like keep yourselves from going insane? Man, a lot. We've been writing. We've been in the studio. We've been recording. We've been, um, you know, uh, I've been maxing out my credit cards, buying new gear, <laughs> <laughs> just for the hell of it. Um, alcohol. Al- alcohol and building a shitload of bonfires, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Got to ask you about a couple of your songs. Uh, Molly, is that an actual person or fictional yeah, character? Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's that Brian. Mason's in here. He said, hey, Brian. <laughs> hey. Um, but yeah, Molly's actually a, uh, it's it's a, a dog. Yeah, it's my dad's little dog. One time he wow. was like, he, ju- he was, James was sitting on the couch and he jumped up and like just jumped right on his balls. <laughs> like, oh, Molly. He's like, oh, Molly. <laughs> but then like he kind of, you know, we, we twisted it around we where it could it. be about a girl or about the drugs. So it worked out. Yeah. How about cocaine and whiskey? Girl, cocaine and whiskey, yeah, that was a... Is that a true story of someone that left you a brokenhearted? Um, it's a true story of someone. So I, would say, I, would say, I would say the verse is just a true story, and the chorus is from a Cops episode. Yeah, there was an episode of uh, Cops that James was watching, and, uh, you know, woman called the police on the dude domestic for uh, domestic, abuse, yeah. you know, domestic violence, and... Uh, the girl was just like, give me back my wedding ring, dude. You know, and it was like, uh, I'll give you back your ring when you give me back all of my cocaine. <laughs> and so, and so he, he jumped in the shower and just started kind of singing the cocaine and whiskey's chorus, and it just evolved into a song, man. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't think it was going to blow up like it did, though. Right. We're definitely thankful for everybody on Spotify and everywhere that's uh, checked it out and, you know, put us where we are right now. So what can we do to broker to get this this lineup tonight on the road, like a festival, oh, traveling shit. festival? Yeah. I want well, it, if you find, I, I, Hey, if you find out what that's to do. That's not a bad idea. It's though. really not. If you find out what to do, let us know, and we'll try and figure that shit out, because uh, that would be fun. I mean, Other probably... than seven-hour-long sound check that happens. <laughs> yeah, every time. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. There would be who's, playing, uh, who's playing after Ben? Um, I believe Taylor Honeycutt. Yeah, okay. yeah. She's really good too. Check her out, man. Taylor yeah, Honeycutt, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. was telling me about her. Yeah, and then uh, who plays right before you guys? Magnolia uh, Bayou, Magnolia if Bayou. I'm uh, not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, and, uh, after her. Jive Mother Mary right before Magnolia or yeah, as far yeah, as yeah. I'm aware, yep. Yeah. yeah, no, that'd be a great tour, you know, Ben Lewis and Jive Mother Mary yeah. and Magnolia Bio yourselves. That that would uh, be know, super man. awesome. Super awesome. Dude, that really would be a good it's, door. It's cool being on a bill like this. Where it, well, and like the competition is so good, man. You got 
can't you can't get drunk. Yeah, you can't <laughs> get caught slipping. This is yeah. uh, you got to bring your A game. All right, guys, man, I've enjoyed the hell out of talking to you guys. I feel like I've known you my whole life, and it's hilarious and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, man, same here, man. I really uh, appreciate you guys being on, and you guys are headlining the feature band and feature uh, artist on this podcast. So. Thanks for being on. You know, I appreciate that a lot. It means a lot to me, and I love your music. That means a lot to me, too. And well, man, everybody thanks for doing what you do and uh, keeping keeping the word alive and trying to break bands. You know, that's what it's all about at this level is just yeah. the more people that hear it and the more people like you that help spread it. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just trying to build the listenership and the yeah, participation man, on the happy. Facebook page, Brick by Brick. It goes slow, but I'm hanging in there and do whatever I can to support all you guys. And once again, yeah, I just want to thank you. And uh, we'll talk again, hopefully sometime yeah, soon, yeah. you guys. Do it again. Yep, we'll do it again for sure. All right, man. Talk to you later, guys. Yeah. Cheers. Well, I really hope everyone enjoyed the those interviews. You know, I, I, I know you will. I certainly did. It was great to talk to Ben again. It was great to talk to Mason from Jive Mother Mary for the first time. And, and uh I'll keep saying it over and over and over and over. It was absolutely just a blast and hilarious to talk to Andrew and Frank from them Dirty Roses. Man, I can't wait to talk to those guys again and have even more of a feature feature uh, episode on them. And I know how familiar you are with them. What uh, what what did you take away from seeing uh, Ben Ben Lewis and seeing Jive Mother Mary? Well, Ben. It's it's breathtaking watching him perform every time because his vocals are so bluesy and passionate and just he puts so much emotion into what he's doing that it's it's one of the best experiences. And then you know, a job mother Mary, I've known who they were. I've had a few songs that, you know, I really dug by them but I never really dug into their catalog because I personally like to see a band live before you know I gather my final thoughts about them I guess so to speak and so I was so enthralled to get to see them and Mason Keck is one of the best mark my words he's one of the best front men that are on stage during this you know southern rock revival we've got going on down south they're they're gonna go places so it's great and, to see them. And how long have you known the de- them Dirty Roses guys? How long have you been into them? Um, well, I first found them when I got back into music about three years ago. Um, so 2017, I discovered them. And I think we met for the first time. And I got to see them live for the first time in 2018. Because for the longest time, they were just doing like European tours or here and there around the country. Um. I met them then, but it wasn't really until this year after, you know, COVID happened. And like I said, I went to Huntsville to do that review on the first shows after the pandemic that we all became really good friends. So um, with them, their girlfriends, Kirsty is uh, Frank's girlfriend that you mentioned, and she's a phenomenal artist herself. Um, so yeah, we've been really good buddies hanging out since over the summer and i've been to a lot of shows on the road with them and everything and they're just they're really great guys and i 
don't say this only because they're my friends, but they're some of the most talented humans I know. So this record, you're really going to like it. I promise you. <laughs> oh, I know I will. Um, yeah. And it was, I saw the, the song, the name of the song excuse me that, that Kirsty Lovelady uh, did with them dirty roses. And I, yeah. I, huh? It's head on head on. There you go. Yes. And I've been checking out her stuff and she, Sounds awesome. And so many people have been saying, hey, you got to you got to get into Taylor Honeycutt. And I've been trying to get caught up there. Yes, she not only is she one of the sweetest people you will ever meet, but she's like a southern rock version of. um, I was going to tell you, I'm having I'm blanking right now. uh, (laughs) Fleetwood Mac. Um, Stevie Nicks. Even Nicks, there we go. <laughs> I was talking about her being so phenomenal. I had a brain fart, but no, yeah, she's like the Southern Rock version of Stevie Nicks. I mean, that girl can sing and stage presence is out of this world. You know, and she kind of, I think she's kind of similar, reminds me a little bit of Marco Price, who yes. I, I got to see a couple of years ago. My wife and I went to, uh, went to Hinterland Festival near Des Moines. And mm-hmm. uh, she played right before Blackberry Smoke. So it was, it was cool to see those two. But and that was my first Blackberry Smoke show. I'm at four now. But uh, definitely like to see Margot Price again. So but, Yes, uh, I've never gotten to see her, but I just hear great things about her. But yes, I would definitely say Taylor's got that Margot Price, Stevie Nicks vibe going mm-hmm. on for sure. All right, Lissa. Well, thank you so much for doing this uh, guest co-host spot. I really, really appreciate that. And uh Look forward to uh, corresponding with you in the future with Axe and seeing what you're doing and what you're up to. So thank you so much. And uh, for everybody, all the listeners, always remember, Southern Rock is reverent and blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
It's been one hell of a night, I know that.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 